What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Message Received Podcast. Um, I, I we always introduce ourselves. Like, my name is Solomon. At this point, you know my name. <laughs> yeah. My name is Mia, but just in case for the new viewers, we have to for give our up. new exactly for our new listeners. Um, oh, cool with me. I hear your words. I know what you say. Keep calm, baby. Know what you're saying. Yeah, the message received. You know, this is crazy. This is episode number eight. No, number nine. We're almost a 10. We're almost a double digit. We love that. We love the consistency. I know we have been pretty good at that. A lot better than I thought, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about age and politics. There's been so much information and discourse about that recently, um, about like, you know, how older people should be, what the minimums are, should there be term limits, um, definitely when it comes to age and cognitive ability. But before we do that, Nia, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm tired. I have my homecoming today, so I gotta leave from Detroit to Ann Arbor to go to MSU. There's a lot of back and forth. So I like I'm trying to plan everything so where I leave on time to get on time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. last Sorry. time I was trying to last time I was trying to leave early to go get my pick up my passport. Nia trying to leave early today to go go to homecoming, okay? Um no I can't talk because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right there with her. Uh I'm gonna go meet up my brother later today. So uh and join in on the shenanigans. Nia, we had a long night last night, didn't we? We did. We had a long night. We did. It was it was fun. Oh, we had the worst food ever. And me and me and Nia, we be eating. We be eating. And for us to say that we had Go ahead. Usually we be hitting the jackpot when it comes to finding new restaurants and just just having an overall great experience. But this was not one of them. And I guess this I'm place this place was for the birds. Okay, for the birds, literally for the, <laughs> for the oh my god, it was so many flies in there, y'all. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into our first segment. Um, and it's going to be, what did you learn this week? Um, I'll go first actually. And I was reading this article for my uh, grad class, one of my grad classes. The title of the article is, uh, it's a, it's a very capturing article. It says negotiating the welfare queen and the strong black woman, African-American middle-class mothers work and family perspectives. Um, and there is a part in this article, the article is basically a qualitative article that they interview 60 middle class and upper class women, uh, black women. And they talk about the, the, the title welfare queen and strong black woman. Nia, are you familiar with the title welfare queen? Mm -mm. I've never heard of it before either until I read this, um, article, but it basically focuses on like, people who have welfare assistance, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they call them welfare queens because they they benefit off of that, I guess. 
okay. but it was a new title for me. Like I, I had never heard that phrase before. Um, and then of course, strong black woman, we've talked about that phrase before. Um, but in the article there, they go, they go throughout, you know, multiple, uh, uh, qualitative, um, information that they got from their 60, they're from their six, 60 interviewees. Um, and they concluded that African-American middle and upper class mothers must consistently perform a subjectivity that is based on class and race and that varies based on their context, right? And we know that, right? Um, and they also said that many mothers admitted to the image of the strong Black woman left them feeling like failures as mothers and that if they admitted to be overwhelmed or needing help. This image also meant that being able to do it all was simply expected of them and their expectation become a stumbling block when they tried um, to chart different course for themselves. This research demonstrates that African-American middle and upper class women face a curious cultural and structural predicament. On the one hand, the image of the SB uh, strong black woman is an issue for mothers who choose to stay at home. It can lead to stigmatization um, because they are viewed as not pulling weight within their families. African-American middle and upper class women, both employed and staying at home, must also respond to the image of welfare queen because they are sure to be on a welfare by others. So it was a really interesting article, and I um, definitely suggest that y'all go give it a read. Um, it's by a really amazing author who I think is at USC, maybe. Um, and like I said, it's called Negotiating the Welfare Queen and the Strong Black Woman, African-American Middle-Class Mothers, Work, and Family Perspectives. And it's by Dawn Marie Dow. Should definitely put that in the description, too. Yes. Wow. Yes. I never heard of that term. That's interesting. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. Um and and they in the in the in the piece um they said that more black women um disapproved of the term strong black woman um and less of them approved of that term. Some people thought it was fairly empowering while other people thought it was limiting and um uh you know and they didn't they didn't approve of that term. So I thought that was also an interesting um portion to that too. Yeah. It was crazy. We were I just can, talking about this a few weeks ago. We were, yeah. And I can see both sides, most definitely, of how it could be, like, it, it's a hard thing because, like, it's hard to find one term that everyone feels comfortable using and identifying with. Um, So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a nice article. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like, you can be strong. You can be Captain Saberho 24-7. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, but you also got to take care of yourself. You know, you feel me. So, yeah. like you said, there, there is a, there is that middle ground that 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 people wish to find. Yeah, and like, can we use other adjectives to describe black women? Why we, why we have to be strong? You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. we are strong. We are resilient. Yeah. But like, let's use some other terms. <laughs> let's switch it up. For sure. For sure. But yeah. Um. So what you I'll learn? Um, I was looking this up, and we all know what happened January 6th. Like, every time someone speaks of January 6th, it's like, oh, okay, capital attack. Um, such a crazy moment in history. Um, but I was reading up on, like, what sentences a lot of these Proud Boy members, because they were, like, the main perpetrators of the attack, 
um, what sentences they were getting and yeah, the developments of everything, like the trial, all of that. And but basically they said that on average people got 60 days, not even years, 60 days. But the two leaders, uh, one of them got like, are we saying 60 days in jail? 60 days in jail. Okay. But uh, the main organizer, Joseph Biggs and um, Zachary Rail, I don't care if I pronounced that name wrong, um, they got 17 and 15 years. Um, so I was very shocked to hear that 60-day um, sentence because it's like you literally went inside the Capitol. People died. People were injured. And you're getting 60 days. And there's multiple people being wrongfully convicted, especially black men, over something very small. Like first time, like first time criminal charges and stuff like that. Yeah. They're getting decades. So it's just very interesting the way this stuff is working. Um, I also heard about the UAW strike. Very concerning. Don't know how long it's going to last. Don't know the implications it will have on our economy. But. All I can say is life is life. Life is life. And, and, you know, it's power in numbers and people are amazing. Um, I do want to speak. The CEO of GMC says something about 92% of my um, uh, salary is based off of the performance of the company. And I'm like, how stupid of that is, you know, for that to say, for you to mm-hmm. say that. Like 92% of your salary is because people are on these lines working very hard day in and day out to create these cars. Without the cars, I wouldn't have the salary. Yeah, y'all wouldn't have nothing. You know what I mean? Um, it's like you never know how long it's going to be, especially when you go on strike. Like, prime example, it made me think a lot about uh, a lot of the GSI strikes at the University of Michigan and just how long it took to bargain and really get a fair deal. Um, I'm so happy they were able to do it, but I just can only imagine the amount of stress, time, energy it took to go out in the streets every day. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, you're not getting paid a a, a great salary in the first place. But having to additionally plan things out, plan a strike out, go outside. And it was hot during that time. (laughs) Go outside, like, educate the public, bargain for these deals. And it's sad, but it's the fact that we have to to do this in order to get something that should already be given to us, a fair salary. You know what's crazy? Here at Wayne, I heard that a lot of faculty essentially took a pay cut Hmm. this year, but the administration, they all got raises. Literally. It's crazy. Crazy. Like, administration all got resident uh, raises, faculty all got pay cuts for the, for the most part, or they like, or they paid in, or they pay like, say the same. They couldn't even it's get a two percent raise. <laughs> like, it yeah, was sad, you know. It's just the system is so messed up. Like, because it's like so the messed people. Up. It's so like this this hierarchy that you put faculty, you know, and then I don't know. Like, it just makes me think of of the medical system, and where like how people place just doctors on a pedestal. And then a lot of nurses and just people who are constantly on the front lines, like interacting with the patients the most, they get a lot of uh, 
a lot of um uh what do you call it just bad things talked about them basically mm, yeah um and yeah i don't know well things we'll see there's just gonna be a solution to these things but how long will it take i don't know yeah i don't think we'll ever live in a a non-capitalist society yeah i don't think we will because even our generation is super like grind grind money 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 get the money like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know anyway (laughs) speaking of capitalism (laughs) um Let's go ahead and shift gears and talk about age and politics. You know, this comes off of the the press of Mitch McConnell, old self, freezing. He like he he grabs a hold of the thing and just starts shakes. Like in the middle of a, a sentence, he would just start shaking and just like freezing. Have you you've seen those videos? Yeah, most definitely. It's it's, it's one that'd be like. Look around, everybody on mute. <laughs> and then it's just a joke. And then it's just a joke. What disturbs me the most is not necessarily his condition, but the people around him who are pretending like there's nothing wrong. When, like, obviously the public sees clearly that there is something wrong with him and that he needs medical attention and to not be at the front line speaking on issues of where he's not, you know, in the right headspace for, mm-hmm. both physically and mentally. So it, it's crazy to just see people like, oh, like, I think they uh, released the, the doctor who's caring for Mitch McConnell, released a statement basically saying like, oh, he's fine. I don't mm-hmm. think they said he even experienced the stroke, but it, it really looked like one. So you have all these people. Yeah. In his ear, telling him he's okay, trying to reassure the public he's fine. There's nothing wrong. He's completely capable of running and being in office, being in charge. That but he isn't. That he is, is not. not. Yeah. So, so, so let's start about let's start talking about this by. I guess my first question is: Are you are you a political person? Like, do you listen? You like? Are you into politics? Um. Uh. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know a good amount of like, you know, what's going on? Um, I will say to an extent, because politics is a very hard thing to understand because there's so many factors, so many forces going in, so many changes. It's constantly changing. Things are constantly moving around. Um, so it is kind of difficult to keep track. I try my best, um, like through looking through CNN, like talking to people who are a lot more involved politically. Um, I'll say my knowledge is okay, but I don't know every nitty gritty detail of what member was in this, what, you know, because I, I mean, we have, it's just a lot. It's a huge system. The political system is, is huge, but I do know like enough to be like, okay, this is what's going on at this moment, like on a large scale. So on a more local minor scale, not really. So it, it's still a lot for me to learn. Of course, I feel like for everybody, but I'll say I'm okay. What about you? At one, like in 2020, I was very political, like very political. Um, and I think it's because at the time I was volunteering, I was a fellow with the Michigan Democrats and I was organizing uh, for the Biden-Harris campaign. Uh, and this was actually my first 
my first election that I had ever, presidential election that I was ever voting in. Actually, my first election that I ever voted in was the presidential election um, of 2020, which was really big, right? Um, we had great turnout across the country for both Democrats and Republicans. Um, but at that time, I feel like you had to be like really into politics. And of course, it was COVID too. So I really had nothing else to do but sit there and like try to understand what the heck was going on. Um, and I think it stayed with me a little bit years after, but not really. I've definitely taken a step back um, compared to what I used to know or like what I used to be involved in. Um, for example, like I turned off my notifications for all my news apps on my phone because I just can't like you have like that constant awareness of like what's going on. And some of that stuff is like sad and it's like, you know, daunting and stuff like that. So I don't want to know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't, I don't care to hear that, you know, all the time. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm political. I'm very liberal. Of course. I talk about Republicans on the show every time. I feel like every other episode do not vote for Republicans. I say it. That's probably my fifth time saying that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, kind of, a little bit, you know, here and there, dibble dabble. Um, how about you, like your like our friend groups? Have you are 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 our friends political and stuff like that? For sure, definitely Angel. That's the first thing that comes, first person that comes to mind. Um, let me think. Um, more of my close friends. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say they are actually. I think Angel is probably yeah. like the most politically knowledgeable <laughs> within my friend group um yeah we don't we don't talk about politics that often we don't no and that just makes me think yeah we definitely should start more but I, I definitely hear you when you say like sometimes that shit is sad like especially um like two summers ago um during the supreme court rulings when we ended up oh, uh, yeah. protesting and just that was such a it, it was liberating to be able to see that many people care about this cause and like we were walking y'all you know, we were walking a long time we were <laughs> we walking, was walking long <laughs> we had chance we had resources everything it was such a good experience but at the same time it was sad because it's like we were in 2022 mhm and we still had to deal with stuff that's in regarding the 50s, access to abortion. 60s. Yeah, access to abortion. Like you, I never thought that it would get to this point, but that was a very scary moment, and I could definitely see why politics is a turnoff for some people when it comes to you know mental health. So. Talking about protests, that just reminded me. It was 2020 Black Lives Matter protests downtown Detroit, Ooh. Michigan. It was the day that we were going to the East Side. It was me and uh, Angel, and we walked into, it was like Grash, uh, I don't, I think we were on Grashit maybe, maybe Grashit and like Mac. I don't even know if that's an intersection. Um, it was, it was somewhere over there. Um, and it was a lady standing at the side of the street who was like, you know, she was local. That was her neighborhood, you know? Um, and she was like, and it was a bunch of us. It was like hundreds of people, hundreds of people. Um, and she was like, this the hood, like, she was like, this is the hood. Like, y'all got to ask to come into the hood. 
And it was so, it was so funny because she literally being serious about having hundreds of people ask to come into this neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. did, it just didn't, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. But that's a completely sidebar. Um, but talking of exactly how you just did about like Asian politics, like my grandmother was like alive when, um, they start they started fighting for like abortion abortion access and stuff like that, right? And my grandma's in her eighties, so you're telling me in like around f- over fifty years that y'all made abortion to be accessible, but then made it illegal federally? Like, be for real, you know what I mean? Um, and this has to do with age because. We have to think about like who's lobbying for this stuff, for these policies to be overturned or created. And we also have to think about who is knowledgeable, who has the full story, who was voting on the access to abortion care when Roe was in, you know, was when Roe was in the hands of the Supreme Court. You know, if you feel me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a good example of that is how Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right, RBG, passed away in either 20, I think it was 2021. It was and it's yeah, it was 2021, right? And she was in her 90s, I believe. She was very she was she was she was a senior. She was a senior. <laughs> oh, no, um, oh my! It was wow. 2020, September 18th, 2020. Yeah. Wow, dang! It was like what last week? That was that wasn't mm-hmm. too long ago. Um, yeah. but how she literally stayed in that position all the way up until her death. And then Donald Trump literally snatched that seat away from her and gave it to a Republican. And now we have the most liberal court in the world. Like, that's an example. I mean, not liberal. We have the most conservative. I wish we had the most liberal court in the world. (laughs) We have the, yeah, far from liberal. We have the most conservative court in over 90 years. Um, uh, And that's a good example of age, you know? She was in her 90s. Yeah. 90s. So my first question for you, well, second question now is, do you believe in term limits? In term limits? Uh, term limits. Term, oh, T-E-R-M. Term I'm sorry. Sorry. Y'all, I can't hear. <laughs> um, I believe in term limits, most definitely. I don't think any person should stay in power for too long. Um, It's very unfair, in my opinion. I feel like they should have enough time to be able to to do the work in the office. However, you don't need to be in there that long. You don't need to be in there. Like, especially if you're not making, like, great change or aiding in that. No. No. And plus, you get older, and let's be honest, we need more young people in office. Like, prime example, like, or what we just said, Supreme Court, like, we need younger people. But I don't know, like, what do you think? I, I definitely feel like it should be term limits, but it depends. I believe in term limits. I do. Um, I do. Definitely when it comes to for age reasons, um, like, you know, the president can only be in the White House for eight years for only two terms, right? However, senators can be in 
the Senate for like hundreds of years. Like, like if they lose, if they win their election, they're in again. If they win their election, they're in again. If they win it, like, you know what I mean? Same for the house, I think. Um, and it creates this like stagnant policy idea when we don't bring new people in, you feel me? Um, for example, Gen Z is the most liberal generation there is. You know what I mean? We we have one Gen Z representative in the House of Representatives. His name is Maxwell Frost, I think. He's from Florida. He's 25. He's the first ever Gen Z representative. Um, and I think he was, right before that, it was AOC, who was like the youngest in Congress. And then there was that one dude that was in... Uh, um, he was a Republican. He was crazy as heck. He was in the wheelchair. He was like a war veteran and he was injured in war. Right. So those were like the, the, the youngest people and they were like trailblazing and they like, I feel like I, I could look up to AOC. You know, I could look up to, you know, Maxwell. Um, because they, they were young. They were in policy, right? They were policy making and they were, they were bringing new ideas to the table. Um, but also like, I don't think RBG, I think she took a, she took a, she should have took a step out a long time ago. You feel me? Like not even a long time ago. Cause that wouldn't have worked. Cause she, cause president Trump was coming to his term ending anyway. So that seat was about to go up, but the Republicans put some mess to get that seat, you know, feel, um, by old girl. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy. I, yes. yes. I do think there should be term limits. Definitely when it comes to like age. Yeah. And then you think about too, like the reasoning behind like why these people are fighting so hard to stay in a position they are. Like I would, my professor was just talking about this. Like they're not going to give up their seat easily. Like this is their job. This is their position. They want to stay in power because everybody's constantly trying to climb to the top. A lot of politicians, just everywhere within the political sphere, people are are always trying to climb to the top over who has the power and what they believe and what they want to implement. And it's going to be very, very tough for them to just give up their seat or just give up their position of leadership. And that's why it's so important to vote and just also just recognize that too when you want to create certain change or policies or regulations on who do you go to first because do Mm -hmm. you go to this politician do you go to this senator do you uh, do stuff more locally is that going to create more change in this area than that area it's a lot to think about because at the end of the day it's all about power and who wants to keep their seat and what what they value personally and it's it's rarely about the country and the population but more so what they want to do and it's very sad to see because it's like, what, what, are, what's the reasoning of even being in this position if you really only care about yourself and your ideals right. and not really seeing right, the right, situation, right. the the changing world? Like, this is twenty twenty three. Like, things are constantly changing. We are very inclusive. Gen Z is very liberal. So yeah, it's not going to be the same as the fifties and sixties. So it's like, a lot of them aren't like adapting to that change, and they're very. My thing is, I hate to say it, I think a lot of us, and people joke about it on Twitter all the time, like, 
they're so old, like they they about to drop dead in the, at that point. But it it's like it, it's scary though it, to see them latching on to these positions so much because it's like you're 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 getting ready to go. You're very old. Let's be honest. <laughs> But you're trying to like scramble and change things. So when you do pass, now it's up to us to fix everything. <laughs> like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, for sure. Let's play some. Let's let's play a good old civics game. Let's uh, who you remember who your civics teacher was in uh, high school? Listen, I I don't remember. That was, was it so Aquafina or Aqu? Mm-hmm. Aqua? No, uh, I had Mr. Carter. Yeah, mine was Mr. Carter too. Oh my god! Oh yeah, he would also say, "Peace, take that with you," yes, uh, or "Take this with you." Call, <laughs> he used to call me and the rest of my friend group the Civil Rights Sisters, or something like. That. <laughs> I might have said it wrong. The Civil Rights something Sisters, Civil Rights something like that. He used to always put that's up the hilarious. Black that is so funny. <laughs> um, so. Let's play a little game. Do you know what age you need to be? What is the minimum age for someone to be a president? 35, right? Yes, you're right. Uh, What is the minimum age for somebody to be in the Senate? Let me think. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's probably a bit younger. Maybe, Maybe 30, I don't know. Yes, you're right. Okay, <laughs> okay <laughs> now, <laughs> let's see. Let's see if you get this last one right. What is the minimum age to be in the House of Representatives? Oh Come God. on, get three for three. Three for three. I'm going to say 25. I know that's wrong. Though. Oh, my gosh. Three for three. Everybody give her a round of applause. <laughs> No way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you have to be twenty a minimum age of twenty five to be in the House of Representatives, a minimum age of thirty to be a senator, you have to be at least thirty five to be a president. Mm. Do you know what is the average age in the Senate right now? The average age? Oh, mm-hmm. um probably between forty five and fifty. That's the average age? Yeah, I don't know. It is way higher. It is sixty four. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! The average senator in the in in this in the uh, Senate right now is sixty four. How about the guest for the House of Representatives? Um, I'm gonna say probably fifty five. Then you're right, fifty seven. Right around that. Right around that. Uh. Right, right, exactly. Isn't that interesting? Like, mm-hmm. these are the people, and if you think about it, these are the pe- people who are creating policies for majority of people who are younger than them. Like, these people are, they, they, they're very anti-climate change for some reason. It's because they're dying soon. But like, for well, us, they, who are like, are still like, very young, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, they're like, why? For us who are still very young... Exactly. They just don't see the 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 importance of it. <laughs> yeah. The generations in the House and Senate, 65% of senators are baby boomers and 44.8% of representatives are baby boomers. Oh lord. <laughs> oh just, lord. My thing is though, what I don't understand is 
Well, I don't know. Because then I, t- I talked about how most of these people in positions, they care about their own values and what they, the world that they're living in right now, even though they're old as hell. But it, my thing is like, what about your, your, your children, your grandchildren? Like, do you ever think about like, I don't know. It's just like, why aren't you thinking about building a better future for them? You're so focused on yourself. Or maybe you are building that future, but the way you want it to look for them. So it, it's a tough thing to really understand or get in the minds of those who mm-hmm. real conservative, older politicians and people in power. It's just, I'm just curious to see how we're going to fix this once they all like get out of here, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> after <laughs> after their demise. Like that, but... <laughs> yeah. It's also because there's so much money in politics. There's so much money in their pockets that people are paying them millions of dollars, giving them stocks here and stocks there and lobbying to create anti-liberal policies. You know what I mean? Um, For example, if you're telling me, right, that, for example, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, he said he's going to tax the rich, right? Who do you think is going give to give money to somebody who's literally saying, I'm going to tax the rich. I'm going to tax you more. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get money for that, right? Um, but it also goes to show how, like you said, what is your personal interest? It's like these people's personal interest is not, like, is not they don't even think about it because they are so funded by money, dirty yeah. money from outside sources that are literally telling them to vote a certain way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Um so how do you think age can affect policy? Hmm. We just had a good example, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like the main thing of just like, yeah, wanting to focus on your own values and your morals and not thinking basically about the world that's changing around you. That's the main one. Um, I do think at the same time, it's very tricky. Like we haven't really seen great, really great examples of this. But at the same time, older people, they have wisdom. I will say that. But certain old people, certain elderly people. So I think there's power in having a balance. So I don't think it should 100% be Gen Zers in positions of power. But I think there should be a balance because we could learn a lot from the people that has been in these positions for a long period of time. However, you do need to bring new people and younger people in to give those perspectives. But it is tricky because it seems like throughout history, it's either it's mostly gone towards older people and it hasn't really been a balance within our political sphere. So those are the things. That's that's just my ideal, my ideal world of where we have a balance and it's very inclusive. Um, you know, we have multiple identities, multiple genders, multiple all of that. But we'll see. We'll see um, how things will play out, but 
Yeah. That's amazing. So I do think there's power in having older people in politics. However, yeah. should they should it just be older people? Of course not. Of course not. Mm-mm. Like you said, with age comes wisdom, you know, um, yeah. and, and knowledge. And I think that's something that we need, of course. You but, have to learn. Yeah, that's how you learn from. Yeah. Exactly, for sure. Um, age affects policy, too, in, like, a knowledgeable way. I remember um, it was during a Senate hearing, and one of those idiot Republicans were like, um, I think they were trying to pronounce, they were trying to pronounce something, TikTok, maybe, oh, yes, okay, that's what it was. They were, it was a oh, hearing on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you remember this? And they were like, um, they were like, so how, how do you upload the video and, and where is it stored at? Is it stored on a personal phone? And it was just dumb. Like, it was just the dumbest stuff. And it's like, how are you asking these questions without getting counsel from younger people? You don't even know how it works. Yeah. Like, we're you don't. Spending- You're trying to ban this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're spending more time talking about the actual interface of the app rather than what we actually need to be talking about, about how data is shared and how it's stored, all of that. But you don't even know the way the app works. You probably haven't even seen the app. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Well, well how do you have... <laughs> <laughs> that, wow. People are, yeah. I, I swear, it, it, it was just like, just such a lack of knowledge. Like, and you're sitting yeah. here talking about it and you don't even know, like, what it is like it's just stupid in the video if i remember if i recall uh they didn't let the owner really speak it was a lot of being cut off from what i remember that could have been a, a similar type of video but a different platform but it was very like not letting the um the owner or the person behind tiktok really explain how things are going it was very like yeah, it was trying to uh, it was rude very rude um what's the word i'm looking for sorry y'all i'd be having mind blanks but just yeah very rude and it just like it just kind of made me like cringe because it's like a lot of this information you could figure out through a google search mm-hmm. or literally mm-hmm. just downloading the app and, and seeing how it works seeing the interface but you don't want to do that. You don't want to take the time to actually learn that. You want to berate somebody to get your point across. Yeah. Without really, you know, having a strong point in the first place. So, yeah. It's weird. You look stupid. You look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you look stupid. Um, yeah, so it was just like that. And also how uh, I remember, uh, y'all remember Joe Biden fell off that bike? <laughs> Our president, he fell off the bike. And listen, that's my president. I'm going to stand behind him. <laughs> Can I real quick before yeah. you um, yeah, go, ahead. go further? My professor, <laughs> and we, I'm, I'm in a public health policy class right now. So we talk a lot about like just politics and stuff and like how to, from a public health perspective, get these, get great solutions and resources for people um, and where to go for that. But basically, he was saying, as we get closer to 2024 in the election, you're going to hear, and they've already said this from the beginning, just about Biden being old. But that's going to be even more like 
He said, um, from what I remember, it's going to be very similar to when they were talking about Hillary in those those emails. Like they're going to, yeah. that's going to be yeah. the, um, their main uh, reasoning of why Biden shouldn't be back in the presidency is because he's Which older, is- he's incapable and his speech impediment, like. Listen, I would do another four years with Joe Biden before yeah, I do I, I another four do. years with any other Republican. Um, and then also like they don't have the, they don't have they don't have anything else to say. That's what I'm saying. Like they they have nothing else to say because Joe Biden has produced great policies. He has been able to cross the line and discuss with Republicans in order to bring policies. He has done multiple things. So the only thing y'all can pull up on is age. Like yeah. my president be working out. Donald no, Trump. Let's get into that. Let's get into that. First of all, Donald like... Trump looks unhealthy. He looks like a buffoon. Do you remember um at the White House? I think it was some sort of event, some conference, whatever. But he ordered like McDonald's. A crazy amount of McDonald's. <laughs> I remember that. And I remember, I remember that Twitter, the photos. And just being like, this is the most American thing, most Republican thing I've ever seen in my life. McDonald's at the White House. And it was okay. at, it was because of, uh, it was like a football team there, right? Hmm. I think so. I can't yeah. totally remember, but that's. I think it was a football team and they ordered freaking McDonald's. It was burgers everywhere. And let me say Crazy. this. <laughs> kind of, I mean, since we're talking about McDonald's. McDonald's has a time limit to when you can eat it. It and does. It you cannot leave it <laughs> for for hours and hours and hours. You will not have the same burger as you had when you first got it through the drive-thru. You won't. What's your McDonald's time limit? My time limit, honestly, it's like a, an hour at most. I'm eating it as soon I as would, I get it. Because, and it really depends I would on what say, you yeah, I would say... 25 25 to 35 minutes if you if you haven't started eating it within that time you're done throw it away <laughs> you're done and definitely those fries fries garbage <laughs> like no matter how you try to reheat them i made that mistake it does not taste the same it does not taste the mm. same so that's just very shocking to me um but yeah like i'm curious to see just like how the 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 picture conservatives are gonna paint towards Biden. Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people hate Biden, and my thing is, and that goes into a whole another uh, conversation of like, is there a perfect president? And my thing, and they talk about Obama, they talk about a lot of Democrats, but the thing is, you will never have a perfect president. And we have to also think too, like we're human at the end of the day. Even if you're at such a high level of power, these people are still going to make mistakes. They're making literally important-ass decisions every day. However, you have to compare this person's mistakes to that person. Like, Trump and Biden? Let's think about it. Trump has made way more mistakes, a lot of shitty policies, crazy things, during, like, the worst period of our lives, 2020. I mean, yeah, like during the pandemic, once it first started, like literally like spewing out misinformation. What did he say? Like 
you could drink bleach basically to cure COVID. Like, if you're gonna compare that to Biden's mistakes, even when he was saying uh, go go to the pharmacy and, and get um, hydroxychloroquine, what he was just saying random stuff. So we have to really think about that. Like, there's not going to be a perfect scenario, a perfect president, perfect politician, because making mistakes is inevitable. However, you have to realize, yeah, like, okay, do I want a president who's going to spew hate every single time he's in the public eye, spread misinformation, just fuck up the economy, all of this stuff, or do I want somebody who's, yeah, he made a few things that decisions i didn't 100 percent agree with however he seems to be the best right now within our political sphere and what he's doing yeah Takes within time. our two-party system i go for joe biden any day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I i i he's going to receive my vote again and i'm going to work mm-hmm. on his campaign again because i think i don't know it's just necessary like the republican party right now is just in the garbage they are in the gutter i tell you they are in the gutter like it's not even a party at this moment and i'm tired of people saying well for true conservatives there is no true conservatives because at this point y'all not talking y'all voices is so muffled it's so muffled by marjorie taylor green lauren bobart who was getting uh groped in the movie theater um Matt Gates, who's just just as crazy, Mitch McConnell, who can't talk, who keep freezing, Everybody Kevin McCarthy, who is just clueless, Donald Trump, who is just fat, Rudy Giuliani, who who is a liar. <laughs> like there is, it's true concern. They are in the they are in the gutter, the gutter. There is no true conservative. Because they ain't talking. They doing everything but what they supposed to be doing. (laughs) Listen, the government is about to shut down. And just so you all know, the reason the government has shut down in the last 30 years is because Republicans can't get their stuff together. The government is about to run out of money. The government ran out of money a few months ago. What did they do? It was the Republicans that were delaying every single thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I swear, we need competent adults in the, in, in in politics. We do. We need competent adults. Ugh. Would you ever go into politics? Nah. Ooh. Like the headaches I will have on a daily basis. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not for me. But but I I will continue to stay up to date with things. But I don't think I could ever like. No, I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> Would, you? Would you? I mean, it's for like it, it. Like you know the type of person you are and what you can handle. And I just know for me personally at this moment yeah. in my life, I can't. For sure. I I wouldn't go into politics either. I would. I I could possibly go into policy. Definitely when it goes into health policy. Mm-hmm. Like I've 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 recently like just thrown out the idea of, like going to law school. So I can like, you know, do health policy work. Um, but I couldn't go into politics. No. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't do it. It's a hard thing to it's do. It's just 
it is hard. It is it's a big commitment too, As you a know. Yeah. That too. That too. Anything mm-hmm. else you got to say about Asian politics? I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm just like, while we're having this is such a good conversation though. Such a good conversation. Um but and, it's just And they really- said the next sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say the next election, the twenty 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 the twenty twenty twenty. 2024 election that's going to be a tongue that's going to be a hard one 2024 election um the majority of voters are going to be millennial and gen z voters mm-hmm. republicans yeah. don't even have a chance like they really don't because both millennials and gen z are extremely liberal groups of people yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah I um know. yeah it's just a lot to reflect like i'm just thinking of like 2020 2022 like those two years are just wow and yeah what's gonna happen next we'll we'll see but uh i'll continue i know you be posting on your story i'll be posting on my story encouraging people to vote um educating people is so important because it's a lot of it's it's a lot of black people that don't vote or feel like their vote doesn't matter and yeah there's a lot of people in general who just don't yeah they you don't know? see the point. They're like, oh, what can I change? What does voting do? It's like, babes, they're going to put somebody in power. <laughs> Those numbers add up. It does a lot. It does a lot. It does a lot. <laughs> it does a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, I think also when we like in 2024, the amount of women and young people that we've seen come to the polls ever since the overturning of of, of Roe um, in the state of Michigan, we have legalized abortion in the state of, uh, I think it was uh, Kansas, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. They also have legalized abortion there. Um, uh, in Ohio, they've been pushing against um, restricting abortion access all across the country. They have been, you know, uh, putting in these progressive laws to make abortion uh, legal. Um, but I... Age is very important. Like we said, it brings wisdom, but we have to have a more heterogeneous group of policymakers. And like, you know, like I don't know. Yeah. It could hey, bring politics wisdom. is just awful. Yeah, it could bring wisdom having older people in the office, but it could also bring corruption. And you have to yeah, keep your eyes that's and true. Ears open at all times because things are constantly changing. So that is true. That's yeah. true. Um. All Good right. Job. That's it. That's what, that's all we got to say about Asian politics. We hope y'all enjoyed that. Yeah. We hope y'all enjoyed that. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're gonna talk about this Tabby story. <laughs> this Tabby story is so funny, y'all. Um, I'm just we're just gonna play the video, and it's a little bit longer. So let's just um let's just bear with us, and I'll play the video right now. Ladies of NYC, be fucking aware. This man is out here on Tinder and Hinge, and he will steal from you. So this is a story about how that fucker stole my Mary Jane tabbies um, that my father bought for me as a birthday gift. Okay, so how it all happened. So I'm walking around Soho, and I see this really cute guy, and we cross paths. We just lock eyes, and that's really it. Fast forward in the evening, I get a message on Tinder, and it's from the guy, and he's like, hey, did I see you downtown? I didn't know we matched on Tinder before, but guess we did. We start chatting and then we ended up going out for drinks. We get drinks and everything seems like cool. And like, he seems like a nice guy and like someone I would just probably just hang out with for like a little fling and just like sleep with. 
after the day, he's pretty persistent about like seeing me again and hanging out. Okay, fast forward, we hang out again, he comes over and we sleep together. Before we sleep together, we're like chatting about like fashion and stuff, and he's like really wants tabbies, and like he, I'm like, oh yeah, I have some tabbies, and like he's like, oh, I really want the boots. Okay, so then fast forward to the morning, we have sex again. Then I get up, I go and I brush my teeth, I come back, he's putting his clothes on, and we chat a little bit more. So now we're chatting, and he's like, oh, can I show you this playlist on Spotify? I feel like you really like it. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, he doesn't have Spotify, we've already discussed this, so he, um, I give him my phone to go on Spotify to look it up. I open my phone and everything for him, I give him the app to Spotify, he looks it up. So then he gives me back my phone. He's like, I can't find the playlist. I'm just like, okay, it's time to go. And he's like, I'm going to head out. And I'm like, bye. And he's like, okay, like text me. And I'm like, okay, bye. Eight hours pass. I'm on my computer. I look over to my shoe rack over here. I have tabby boots up there. We were talking about the tabby boots and he was like referencing those. He barely glanced at the, the Mary Janes, okay? I look over there and they're gone. And I'm like, where are my tabbies? So I look I do like high and low, look under my bed, look at my suitcase, look at my closet, can't find them anywhere. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to be accusatory. I'm just going to see if he knows where I put them. I go to Tinder to message him, unmatched, gone. I'm like, oh no, this bitch stole my fucking shoes. So I go, it's fine. We talked on the phone. I'm just going to go um, to my call log and find his number. I go to the call log and he literally deleted the history of the call. So I can't find his number. And I'm like, so when you were on Spotify, you were actually deleting my your phone number from my phone. More of the story is don't fuck with this fucker named Joshua on Tinder. He's a dickhead. And if you know who he is, where he lives, or anything about him, fucking let me know because I deserve retribution. I want my fucking shoes back. She need her retribution, Nia. She need her retribution. They That man owe her reparation. That and man owe her her tabbies back. That's crazy. Let's, so, let's break it down. <laughs> well, and, and let me say this too for people. Uh, she followed up after that video went viral. And the guy ended up texting her basically like, all right, you got me. And gave her her tabbies. Should I, let me play it? Um, Should I play part two? How long? Might as well. It might be a little bit too long. Uh, Let's see. Because, I mean, I can really just explain it. And they so, go. Oh, he has another two minutes, so we can just yeah. go ahead. Basically, he gave those tabbies to his girlfriend, quote-unquote girlfriend. Anyways, he ended up giving it back after the video went viral. And basically, like, you got me. Even since a meme, had the audacity to send a meme, thinking this shit is a joke. That This is someone's property. This is someone's belongings. Like, what are you doing? And there's a video, basically, in a follow-up one, where I guess her friend or whatever recorded her going out to meet the guy to exchange the the tabbies back or to get the tabbies back. And he's just, that man is just evil. That man is evil. <laughs> it's such a funny like thing. Cause it's like, what are the, what are the chances? Who like, steals somebody's shoes? Who steals someone's shoes? Like, I don't get it. Like, first of all, how did he know that she had tabbies? Like, I just feel like she yeah. had to be wearing the tabbies or she he saw the social the tabbies on social media to even know to link up with her. You know what I mean? Because, like, why did you just message her out of nowhere? It was just yeah. so interesting. It was it's such a funny cute. story. Yeah, they I are see, ugly. Those are, they're, they're very ugly. So the fact that you went out of your way to steal 
a ugly pair of shoes. But they might be expensive. I don't know. But they are expensive. Okay, that's probably They're like nine hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Did you say that? Did you tell them that he gave the tabby to his girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the girl screenshotted the video, the, the picture of the girlfriend, and sent it to him. <laughs> that was very yeah. funny too. That's um, you the can't... way she talks is hilarious. It is like it like the where are my fucking tabbies? <laughs> like that's exactly how she sounds. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'd be so pissed off. $900 shoes. But my thing is, honestly, you can't trust everybody. Especially, they, they at your house and right. they look at, he was probably eyeing them shoes. He was probably eyeing them shoes. Like, oh, for sure. He a full, a full scan of the entire apartment and search for those tabbies. He was on a mission and he failed. Well, he was successful for a minute. But he failed. So my thing is, you went through all of that just to get exposed on social media. Right. I would have been so embarrassed. Then going to ask her to take the video down. No. no. I will not. You're a thief. The world is going to know how dirty you are. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what the, what, if the girlfriend was then on it. Probably. Because my thing is, girlfriend, but you over here sleeping with somebody else, they might have had a, exactly. a polygamous relationship, whatever, but still, like, maybe they just want to, to delete the phone number. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Talking about on my uh, Spotify account. <laughs> uh, well, that's enough with this segment. Nia, you got anything else to say? I just want to say thank you so much for sticking with us i know i say every episode but we are extremely grateful for y'all we are extremely grateful um to be able to have the ability to create a podcast and really talk about important issues um and we really hope you like been enjoying it so far um and from our like responses it seems like you all have so i love that i love that for us this has been great don't forget to leave a comment so we can mention the comment of the week and i must say y'all got some work to do mm-hmm. nia they got some work to yeah, do they need to go ahead and catch up catch um up. let me see go back and listen to uh part three part four of uh those part three and part four of our black health series those were some great of the best great ones. series great yeah. series amazing series um I wonder if anyone was able to leave a comment because I think I had to, maybe I missed it for the mental health one. Oh, okay, I don't see any. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, don't forget to leave a comment so we can meet you in the comment of the week. And yeah, I don't think I think that's it for me. Um, and we will talk to y'all later. We'll see y'all next Sunday. Yep. See you next Sunday. Bye. All right. Peace out. Bye.